You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We are kicking off our Advent series. Can you believe it? You know that when you heard uh, the song that we sang earlier, you're like, oh, now I know what time it is. It is that time of year. Everybody's happy and full. Did you already start making your uh, New Year's resolutions uh, prior to Thanksgiving, like a week before I did? Hey, next year, I'm going to be not eating as much and doing those things. And so we had a great time. Then what happens after Thanksgiving? Of course, you, how many people are after Thanksgiving Christmas person? Like, you can't put up your stuff till after Thanksgiving. Tony, gotcha. Ooh, a lot of you. How many people had their stuff up like a month before? Annie. She's ready. You're ready for the arrival of, of, our, of our Lord and Savior, weren't you? Good for you. Well, uh, yes, I put up lights yesterday, uh, two, yeah, yesterday, maybe two days ago, and uh, put, put up some lights on the place and kind of figuring out where we're going to put our Christmas tree and had our first holiday in our house and used our double oven and all that other cool stuff. Had a great time and survived it with family. They survived me as well. But when you think about uh, this idea of Advent and where we're going, this is, there's a promise that's been made. We are on a journey towards Christmas Eve. And it's a time when we start thinking about lots of things. And there's traditions and habits that happen. Advent actually means the arrival of a notable person or thing. We are anticipating the arrival of a pretty uh, notable person, actually our Savior. And so as we think about this journey that we're going to go on these next four weeks together, you know, what are you anticipating? What are you seeking? Is this just another Christmas this year, or is it going to be different for you somehow? How is this Christmas going to be marked in your family and in your life? Sometimes at the arrival of our of holidays, we think about our holiday movies. And we're entering a season where we can watch Christmas movies. Of course, that happened like three weeks ago, probably, right? You started seeing all those before, maybe right around Halloween. And so we have some Christmas movies. Let me give, how about Christmas Vacation? Who watches that every year? How about, how about uh, Elf? Is anybody a big Elf fan? How about Miracle on 34th Street? You raise your hand for all of them, right? Uh, how about It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, there you go. All of these times, it's times of the year where you watch this. What else? What other movies would you watch? We're gonna, this is going to be a little audience participation sermon today. What other movies do you watch? Die, Hard. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. What else? Why Christmas? The Grinch. Christmas Carol. The Star. Santa Claus. Christmas Story. Is that the one with you? You'll shoot your eye out? Yes. Little drummer boy, right? Did I hear somebody say home alone? Home alone. Home alone at Christmas. In our sermon club, I was introduced to a website called thelonelinessproject.org. It's a place where people can anonymously pour out their stories of loneliness. These stories, many of them silent, these are the heart cries of people all around the world. And you come to a season where there's joy and happiness and fun and all those things, but the truth of the matter is, is like in this very room, there's people that are not feeling joyful. 
It could be the person in the checkout line next to you. They feel alone. It could be your neighbor that feels alone. It could be the person sitting next to you that feels alone. You could have tons of people all around you and still feel alone. And so I want to address the promise that God has made when it comes to loneliness and as we look forward to, to this advent, to this time, this arrival of our notable Savior. Charlie Brown, little picture here. I think there must be something wrong with me. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. So Christmas time may look different than what it did for you a year ago at this time. This will be the first Christmas that I don't have my son with me. He doesn't get off from the military to come home this Christmas. First time ever. And so we're starting to feel these changes in our own household of something's different. Times have changed. there's 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 something different that's coming. But when you think about loneliness, it comes in different flavors. An unfamiliar place where you may be far away from your home. Sometimes it's, it's, you're surrounded by these busy people in this busy time of your life. Loneliness comes from broken relationship, the loss of a friend, divorce, parents passing away. When you think about loneliness, it's this deep, deep longing to belong to something. But maybe you always feel on the outside looking in. And I think that loneliness affects each of us at one time or another, even when we're surrounded by others. So don't feel guilty if you're feeling lonely. It's part of being human, but... Loneliness at Christmas time can feel like, unlike any other loneliness. You may be in a place where you want to be embraced, where you can share parts of yourself and be connected to others. It's the cry of every heart since the beginning of time. There's TV shows about it, about being alone. But see, God knew this about us. He knew we were not designed to be alone. And so from the very beginning, when he was walking in the garden with Adam, what did he say? It is not good for a man to be alone. So I will make him a a suitable uh, helper for him. See, God knew it wasn't good. And so he provided then and he still provides today. This is the time of year where God shows you that you are not alone. In this Christ child, we realize the joy in the midst of loneliness. With Jesus, you can never truly be alone. So now, I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, with Jesus, you can never be alone. Now say it like you like your life depends on it and you mean it. Like you actually mean it and you believe it. Say, with Jesus, you'll never be alone. I love it. Good job. Okay, online, if you guys sitting in your couches. No. 
Jesus didn't merely just understand your loneliness. He came to destroy your loneliness and welcome you into his kingdom. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. See, this, the birth of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the story that changed everything. Including loneliness. It doesn't begin some, like some fairy tale like, well, once upon a time in a, in a Grinchy looking city. We didn't say the Grinch, come on. This wasn't a once upon a time story. This isn't some fairy tale. This is fact and truth. That Jesus Christ came here to destroy loneliness, to make sure you don't get out by yourself. Because guess what happens when we're by ourselves? We become our own counselor, and guess how well that works out for us? Rather, thousands of years earlier, God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he would make of them a great nation. Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. God continued in his story when he led his people out of the bondage of Egypt, and at Sinai he promised he would be their God, and he would take them to be his people. And he led them for 40 years, providing all, for all of their needs in the wilderness. And he lived in their midst in a tabernacle, right in the center of the Israelites' tents. Whenever they felt lonely or had a problem, they could see proof that the presence of God was right there. The fire over the tabernacle, his Shekinah glory shining out as a beacon of hope. He led them to the promised land and then he made David king and gave him the rest of the, of the enemies. And when David decided to build a house for God, God said no. Rather, he would promise that he would make David a house. 2 Samuel 7, 6 through 16 continues on. I'll just read a part of it. The Lord declares that to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build my uh, house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. The promise, the promise, being delivered. God promised David a family, heirs, and successors. He promises to raise up a kingdom that will endure forever, and he promises that they will have rest from their enemies. Now fast forward, a thousand years later, it's a quick thousand. We have the birth of Jesus that we're looking forward to. And the nation of Israel, Israel looks nothing like that picture. Although they are living in the promised land, rather having rest from, uh, from their enemies, they have been invaded and conquered by the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, Alexander the Great, the Greek Empire, and now they are under domination of the greatest empire the world has ever known, the Roman Empire. Where are you, God? 
Do you understand the loneliness that they would have felt? See, there's the idea of like people being around you, but the loneliness, the depth of loneliness comes from separation from God. And so as you're looking forward to this time, this season, the holidays and all those things, what are you seeing? Are you seeing presence or are you seeing God's promise? Are you seeing all of the cool traditions we have or are you seeing God's promise being delivered? Whereas promised Messiah and King would make everything right. He would restore everything that had been broken by mankind. Because these Israelites, they were lonely people longing for a Messiah. I wanted to read Psalms 42 for you guys. Close your eyes. Picture the cry of help, the cry of loneliness. Picture the needs of the people that God's going to tell you. He's going to show you today some people that are lonely around you in your neighborhoods where you live at your work. I believe he's going to show you. I was being attacked so early this morning. I had a restless night's sleep. I was being attacked and attacked and attacked, and it was confirmation that this is exactly what I was supposed to share today. As a deer pants from a stream of water, so my soul pants for you, God. I need you, God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? Look at this world. Look at what's going on. Where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festival throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So in the midst of their hopelessness, God in his mercy reminded them that they were not alone. They had not forgotten his promise. And I want you to know today that you are not alone. Not because you're in a room with people. Not because you're sitting next to your spouse or sitting next to someone. Because at some point in time, we're separated from our spouses. But you will never, ever be alone. Matthew one twenty three. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is always with you. Do you recognize that? When I don't think God is with me, it's not God's problem. It's my problem. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring to you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Advent. The arrival of a notable 
Savior. So this is not a season where we just have to pretend to be happy. You don't have to fake it. You're, ce- you're celebrating and you're anticipating. You're celebrating and you're anticipating because you are not alone. He wants to walk with us through the loneliness and the hardships we experience. And for some of us, it's been a tough year. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So this Advent, let's prepare our hearts. Let's focus on the God who lives in our midst. We're on a journey with a different kind of anticipation. It doesn't have to be the same Christmas theme that you've had every year all the time. When I go to these Advent sermon series, I'm like, okay, what can we do, Lord? What do you want for us? What's the expectation? But what do you want for this body? He doesn't want you to feel alone. He wants you to know that he'll never leave you and forsake you. He welcomes you into his family this Christmas. You never need to be alone again. See, when you know Jesus and he's become your personal savior, you become part of the loneliness killing attacking team. And you have these weapons that attack and destroy loneliness that attack and destroy the things that Satan's trying to build up in his world that he's not going to do here. You have different kinds of weapons you can use. You have the weapon of hope. You can be a hope dealer. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. One of the favorites. Somebody was wearing a hope dealer shirt today, right there. My yeah, restoration night hope dealers, right? We're hope dealers, right? We help restore So you have the weapon of hope. Are you using the weapon of hope? How would you use the weapon of hope that you've been equipped with? You have the weapon of forgiveness. The weapon of forgiveness to free people. There's lots of stories coming about how people took that forgiveness sermon series or sermon serious and went out and started freeing people, freeing themselves and freeing them others because they were using weapon or the weapon of forgiveness to point towards freedom. You have the weapon of mercy. You're stocked. I mean, if you were a video game, you'd have like you'd have stuff everywhere. You'd just be like, mercy! Forgiveness. You have the weapon of peace. You have the weapon of bringing peace in your families to those around you. Because you are equipped by the Savior. And finally, you have the weapon of love. Because love can conquer all things. Love came down and conquered death. And you have all of this because you're a follower of Christ. You have all of this because God comes through on his promises. 
And when we're looking forward to Advent, we're looking forward to the next three weeks of things that are going on. We're like, how can, how can I bring those things? How can I be equipped and use the weapon of peace and mercy and forgiveness and love and joy? How can I use these things that you've helped me, God? Because you are a destroyer of loneliness. When you use the weapon of forgiveness, you, you destroy isolation. When you use the weapon of, of mercy, you destroy loneliness. Somebody that, that didn't even know they wanted to be, they were trying to, they were, they were just that way and you didn't accept them being a jerk to you. And you loved them right through it. And they don't understand that weapon. And they don't understand why you have the weapon, but they're attracted to that. Why would you show mercy like you did? I'm glad you asked. I have been shown mercy that I can't even possibly fathom. Let me tell you about it. And so as we go into this Advent season, I want you to remember that there's promises have been kept. Not like our politicians' promises. These promises have been kept with blood. With the very words of the Creator. And you have a great God. And He has equipped you to break loneliness out of this world. There's no one that needs to be lonely on the Palouse with a church like real life. There's no one. Because we have our eyes out and our ears up and we see that. And we're loneliness hunters. Because we are called into relationship. That he came to this world to seek and save what was lost. And what was lost? His people. And he made a way. And to whom much is given, much is required. And if you're in this room and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been given a lot. And much is required of you. It's not about the stuff. It's about a movement of God's heart in a kingdom. Do you know that we had three baptisms last Sunday in here? That's over 30 baptisms in two months. That's a lot. Had one in the bathtub, 31. Yeah. And you know that those folks were alone. They might have not been alone with people or friendships around there, but, but in their deepest and darkest times, they were alone, and now they have a Savior forever. They will never be alone, no matter who's around them. So the church you're a part of is winning because our Savior has won. And we get the privilege of being a part of it. And so this Advent season, as we are anticipating moving forward and seeing our God and seeing great things happen in the Christmas season and this next year, like be, be loneliness hunters. Use the gifts of the fruits of the Spirit that God has provided for you and I to crush loneliness. So as we take this time, we're going to go to communion. If you are new with us, you're like, communion? My church only does that 1.4 times a year. No, we do it every weekend here. And it's a privilege and it's an honor. So uh, Randy has that. Raise your hand if you don't have communion. We do have gluten-free options. Uh, Randy, we need one up here. We're going to run off some of that Thanksgiving turkey. Come on up here, bud. And so we're going to come to the table. Oh, thanks. Thank you, sir.
we're going to come to the table like many of us were at tables this Thanksgiving. But we're coming to a special table. We're coming to the table of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're coming to the table that has crushed loneliness, that has fulfilled promises. And this is a fulfilled promise that we're getting ready to celebrate today. This is a fulfilled promise. So Jesus, on that night, he was betrayed. He took the bread. And he said, this is my body. Take it and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember. Let's remember. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. And when you do this, you're proclaiming that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you're proclaiming that you're a crusher of loneliness. You're proclaiming that his promises are true. Let's proclaim it. Father, I just thank you as we enter into this season that this word was for some people in here today that you're moving in hearts you know what your children need you don't let any of your children suffer in loneliness you sent your son to be born in a manger to be here for us to crush loneliness once and for all so Father God I just ask that this season that we would all have our eyes up we would be super super attentive when we see situations things where people look lonely and we invite them we invite them into a relationship with you, not in a relationship with, with me, not in a relationship with the church or the name of a church. We invite them to the table, to sit at the table with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to be molded and be changed and to be known by you. So help us to do that well during this season as we anticipate the arrival. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.